You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Message with Jason. And Chris. And no other Jason again. Again, quick update, he had his knee surgery on Monday. They were digging around in there getting things out, I guess, and um, it, it worked. Um, but obviously it was super painful, and he's on crutches, and um, I think I told him last week, I said, I'm not sending you the discussion questions at all. Uh, you just rest, so. Uh, but don't worry, don't. Don't worry, he'll be back Sunday because he's preaching on yeah. Sunday. <laughs> and his message is already done. I've read it. It's great. His slides are done. I mean, we are ready to go for Sunday. Other than there's still painting in there. So Is he doing a one-off sermon or is he... It's one-off. Okay. Yeah. For people, some people care. It's 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 1 through 10. Some people... And our church care to know in advance because they read it and uh, they read all the commentaries and then they can come and tell you everything you're wrong you're wrong about on Sunday. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly I love it and you know it's something I s- certainly didn't have in student ministry. So mm-hmm. it's it's really great to teach to people that have read through the passage that are prepared and excited, but it does make me a little nervous to think. Ugh. These people are ready, and I better be ready. So, um, but anyways, I'm excited, and it's temporary dwellings is the message for Sunday. Uh, he's gonna do a great job. It's it's a good message, and certainly something we all need to hear. And as as he says, he will be a walking illustration. <laughs> with crutches, he might he might be on a stool oh, no. on Sunday. We we don't do that, but. We do if you're on crutches. So, um, so looking forward to Jason Baker. So, before we even start, make sure you're praying for him and invite people and be here on Sunday to uh, show some love and support. But I guess that does lead us into the introduction here. Uh, Chris and I are skipping town, um, leaving leaving town, and first we're going to a Reds game Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sunday we're meeting two other people in church in Indianapolis for a conference. Um, it is the gospel coalition conference. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's pretty great. So I want to ask you to kick, kick us off here. What are you excited about for the conference? I have three things. I know you. You were ready. <laughs> you probably already know. What no. <laughs> well, I know one because you kind of referenced it earlier. But. City of Light. Yep. Super excited. City of Light's the worship. Yep. I, I we guess they're doing worship. They better yeah, be doing worship because I'm we'll super excited them. about yep. it. Yep. Piper, John Piper is kicking off Monday night. It's and the first then, keynote, I think. And then David Platt. I'm a big fans of both. And Platt ends the conference. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. I really thought, so at the, the Gospel Coalition, they did a Q&A with John Piper. Mm-hmm. That was 
I thought that was better than his message, at least for what I needed to hear. Um, so it was really good. David Platt, I thought, was one of the best. Not to amp you up or anything, but I love teaching in categories. I see everything when I teach a message. I have to see everything in little categories. David Platt gets up there and just is like, here's all my categories for what I'm about. The, this whole message. Here's everything right up front. And let's go through it. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I need. My <laughs> mind needs that. Um, I know that's not every preacher or teacher, but um, I enjoyed it. It helped me, mm-hmm. help my scattered brain to stay focused. So, yep. Well, good. Yeah. Um, well, can I tell you why I'm excited? I'm ready to hear it. I am most excited about you. Mary and Jenny going to the conference. Aww. I know. That's that is a genuine my a genuine feeling that I've been blessed to have been in this world for a while now and go to these different things and conferences and um you've never been. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for you to go <laughs> and experience it all because it is it is encouraging even when i'm like at least with this kind of stuff even if i'm at my most cynical level jason (laughs) you know just everything's silly and dumb to me even at my most cynical moment i'm i'm encouraged by these kinds of things Mm. they're good so they're good all right well Mm -hmm. we're done with anxiety everyone (laughs) Thankfully, we fixed everyone's anxiety in our church. No one's anxious anymore. Four weeks. So I'm glad that that this series worked, and um, we don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, No, we did four weeks. I need thee every hour. Um, We're officially done. I've told everyone, and I've told you a thousand times, I am so happy this is over with. Um, I did not expect... We did, looking back, we did a very similar series, a little mini-series last year at this time. Um, I forgot the name of it, but it was like three or four weeks. Um, I think it was four weeks. Regardless, this is the first time I've felt way too anxious. I I mean, I don't know. I've I've told people it's either, I, I know it's subconscious. Subconsciously, you're going to think through deal with what you're teaching on Mm. Sunday because it's just in your mind all the time. And then certainly just very real spiritual warfare, I think. Um, So I have been so incredibly anxious this whole month. Um, I know it has been brutal. What an oxymoron. I know it has been absolutely (laughs) brutal. It has helped teaching because every week of this series... I'm like, I'm, I mean, I, you could have just locked me in a room and I would have just taught it to myself. <laughs> that would yeah. have been, that's how it felt like. I'm, this is just teaching myself. So, but anyways, we got it all sorted out. No one's anxious anymore, but let's at least <laughs> finish this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question we, we went through every week was why shouldn't we be so anxious? Yep. And then point seven to end the series was because Christ will return soon. Um, and the passage that we went through is Luke 21, 34 through 36. 
to kick us off, Chris, yep, yep. is the return of Christ, is that good news for everyone? You would think it, it would be, but it's not. You're universal. Yeah. It's not good news for everyone, okay. uh, especially those for, that do not believe or place their faith in the Son of God. Yep. And I have some scripture to back that up. Uh, we have Jude 1, 14 and 15 that says, It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that the ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Yeah, I got that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to wear that in public. Got Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I think I got two more here. Second uh, Thessalonians 2.8 says, And the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. And then Matthew 24.30 says, Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So yeah, not everybody's going to be happy with <laughs> <laughs> well, in, with his know, return. Even in that the passage in Luke on Sunday, it, the warning is that it might come upon you like a trap. Yeah, and you don't, you know, trap something so you can. I don't know. I mean, usually you trap something to kill. That's it. unaware. Yeah. yeah, like that's unaware. It's unaware, and then it's and killed. It's not, <laughs> it's not going well for you. Um, so. Yeah, there's, for those that are not in Christ, the return of Christ is not good news mm. for you. Um, it's only by God's good grace that he hasn't wiped you out right now. True. So, or wiped us out. So, uh, Continuing on with this, uh, what will, when Christ returns, what will Christ redeem when he returns? Yeah, I, I will confess, I, I told you, I said I, I felt like I was making everyone more anxious yeah. on <laughs> during this message, but, you know, that's what we went with. Uh, let me first start with a quote. Um, I don't know who wrote this, but it is from uh, Ligonier, the website. Um, it says, we have no doubt that this new world will become will come because God himself said it is done. As the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, he has decreed the end from the beginning and cannot fail to bring his promises to pass. He will provide to those who thirst after righteousness the free gift of eternal living water that satisfies their souls. But this gift comes not to those who merely make a profession of faith, but to those who conquer. Thus, the promise of the new creation brings us back to the warnings of the seven churches recorded in Revelation, the beginning of Revelation. Um, eternal blessedness in the new creation is for those who cling to Christ and faith and turn from compromise with the world to those who reject idolatry, false teaching, immorality, and all the other sins the seven churches had to resist to prove they possess saving faith and did not follow Jesus 
and word only. Um, all right, so what will Christ redeem when he returns? Uh, I tried to make that distinction, or make, I, did, I mean, just tried to faithfully teach what the Bible's trying to teach, yeah. is that Christ does not come to fix you, which I think is really good news. Um, well, I know it's really good news. I, most of us are trying to fix something about us. Um, I, I, I believe we are. Mm. Um, and it, it's an incredibly frustrating uh, process. It's, a, it's an incredibly frustrating um, thing to feel like I'm trying to fix something in my life and it never, nothing ever works. Um, and I think by God's good grace and the Holy Spirit and the Word, there is a process, a, a real process of sanctification where you are becoming refined and becoming more and more like Christ. Mm-hmm. But there's still something there that's like, ugh, I can't, I can't fix this. And it's there for a reason. That's the groaning that Scripture talks about. It's the groaning that Jason Baker will bring up on Sunday. <laughs> um, that Christ did not come to fix you, that you aren't just broken. I mean, I've said it on a Sunday. I've heard other people say, it's okay that we say you know, that, that, that we're broken, but you aren't just broken, you're dead. So Christ came to make you new. Christ will come again to make all things mm-hmm. new. And the process, even as you've referenced clearly in Scripture, the pro- process of making all things new will first mean that some things, and or I guess all things Thanks. must not. <clears throat> um, so, you know, there it is. Uh, what will Christ redeem when he returns? Everything. 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 Which is good. Oh, I do have scripture. <laughs> Revelation 21, 5 through 7. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. new. Um, if you didn't know, that was Jesus. Yeah, who's on the throne? On the throne. He said, I will make, I, well, he says, I am making all things new. Um, so it's a good reminder that, yeah, whatever you like about earth um, will be even better in the new earth. And whatever mm-hmm. you hate about living here on earth, it's temporary. It will be destroyed and be replaced. So good news. All right. For those of you who believe. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> Um, how do we keep our eyes on eternity? Let's see. How do we do that? I'm going to kind of answer that later too, but you you go first. Okay. Um, as believers, uh, we need to shift our focus from, uh, the material aspects of this life, uh, to the eternal and spiritual. Uh, this involves setting our hearts and minds on heavenly things, seeking eternal treasures and fixing our eyes on Jesus. And pursuing a life that aligns with God's kingdom and values. Um, and we can do this by, I mean, we have to be intentional about it. Be intentional with filling our minds with the truth that we find in Scripture. So we need to make sure that we're in God's Word daily. Um, reading reading the Word, meditating on the Word, memorizing Scripture. Um, we also, we can, um, we have to make or we need to place Christ Jesus as the main focus. I mean, in our thoughts, our actions, and our decisions. 
Um, and prayer. Prayer is a big one. Uh, having a consistent prayer life. Um, yeah. I mean, that's not all the things, but that's just some. Yeah. I, I might. Let's see if I mention that later. Mm, I will kind of mention it later, but I think certainly prayer is the most revealing of what you really believe in your heart. If you're, if you're a person, you're like, I don't really pray. I'm like, well, do you even really believe? Because if you mm. believed that God heard you and responded, you probably would pray. Yeah. Or you're an idiot. I mean, one of the two. Um, and I've been both, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been both. Uh, so it's it, it's the most revealing. I think it's one of the most revealing things in our church. Like, if you're... Uh, and not superficial prayers, um, but I won't get into that until later here so <laughs> all right um all right so we added i added a question yep. for sunday to answer from uh, the passage in luke we know that christ is going to return soon um that is for the for the believer incredibly encouraging something to hold on to but what do we do while we wait and the passage on sunday um, Jesus reveals what you should do while you wait. Um, so what should you do while we wait? The first uh, answer, I just gave two answers, but letter A was be careful. Mm -hmm. So looking at verse 34 uh, of that passage, what can weigh down our heart while we wait? Dissipation. Okay. Which also means our... Um Dissipation, our excessive indulgence of pleasure, mm -hmm. uh, drunkenness, or hindering your ability to stay spiritually alert, and also uh, the cares of this life, yeah. also known as anxiety or worry, or just being preoccupied with everyday concerns. Yeah, All those things can weigh down our hearts. And... Mm -hmm. Going off of that, uh, why is um, why is alcohol so dangerous? You brought brought this up in the message, and yeah, I didn't get any amens when I said yeah. we're not a I didn't we're not a teetotaling church, but I did yeah. get some amens when I said alcohol is dangerous. <laughs> Which I was like, yeah, that's that fits the bill. Um, yeah, well, first, let's look. You're looking at the passage that dissipation and drunkenness, um, dissipation even means like dizzy head. It, it's, it's referencing yeah. a hangover, although um, he's, Jesus isn't saying like the same thing twice. Right. There is somewhat of a difference there, but one leads to the other, um, or go, they go hand in hand. And so we must at least make an emphasis. I think Jesus is making the emphasis here that that drunkenness um, could be a primary reason why Christ returns like a trap to you. Um, so I, I, I did bring, I wanted to bring that up. Um, there are things that maybe we could go through that, that didn't really fit in a Sunday sermon that I wanted to reserve for this. Um, but just to reiterate, I, I don't believe the Bible condemns alcohol. Um, I don't believe that. Uh, I certainly show my cards at 
clearly uh, condemns being drunk. Uh, Jesus condemned it there in the passage on Sunday. Um, but I don't believe as a whole the Bible condemns alcohol. Um, I, I don't buy when other preachers try to give me some random historical context that they just, I don't know. I feel like they're just making it up, you know. I none of to me, and I've done the research. None of this, you can't convince me. It's like, well, it's just grape juice. It wasn't. There was no alcohol in there. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, then, how are they getting drunk? One, um, but I, yeah, I. You can certainly make the case that alcohol has gotten um, has become an increasing problem, and the alcohol content has drastically increased mm-hmm. since biblical times. I can I can get on board with that, um, but I don't believe the Bible condemns alcohol. There are plenty of people that can enjoy an adult beverage, if you put it in that way, a grown-up drink in a responsible way. Um, but let's talk about why it's dangerous. Like I mentioned on Sunday. Uh, I want to give just a few statistics. I won't go through all of them, but just a few statistics on alcohol. 10.2% of Americans aged 12 years and older had alcohol use disorder in 2020. Mm. So that's that's before COVID really got its grips in this country. Um, and then you can see it skyrocket after COVID, but 24% of people aged 18 and older reported binge drinking in the last 30 days. Um, this is a 7% decline between 19, 2019 and 2020, and you saw a drastic increase after 2020. Um, this is a crazy one. Every day, every single day, 385 Americans die as a result of excessive alcohol use. Um, Let's see if there's any other crazy ones. Here's one. Men are three times as likely as women to die as a consequence of alcohol abuse. And there's plenty more. Um, So to answer that question, why is alcohol so dangerous? Alcohol is the perfect recipe to self-medicate anxiety in an unhealthy way. Um, I think it's a perfect recipe because it's accessible and more culturally accepted. Even in the Bible Belt in the South, it's it's just becoming... Like, we've got, what, two... You got two tap houses in town within walking distance from each other. I'll take your word for it. Well, I'm just saying, like, that would have... I mean... I don't know. That's crazy to think about and here in the Bible Belt. I mean, so it's becoming more and more culturally accepted. Um, I think it, it silences the anxious thoughts in that moment. I'm a mm. very anxious person. Um, yeah. And to be transparent, alcohol can just, boof, it just numbs it. It makes everything you're worrying about immediately in your mind is like, it's going to be all right. It's fine. It's going to be just fine. Um, and a side one for people that struggle with social anxiety Mm. um it offers a ton of confidence Uh, you think you're the coolest coolest cat around (laughs) if people say coolest cat anymore (laughs) um 
But alcohol is a dangerous self-medication. Um, one, just because some people are highly addicted. Mm. Some people, one sit and they're done. They're like they can't, they can't stop, or they're addicted for life. And you're kind of, I don't know, playing Russian roulette. If you're trying to find out if you're that person or not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. So that's it's incredibly um, dangerous in that way. Uh, I, and like I mentioned, you might quiet. It's it's it does such a good job of quieting anxiety that night, but just by the nature of the drug, your anxiety will flare even greater the next day, yeah. and then you'll have to drink even more to quiet it again. It's that vicious cycle. Um, and then, as, going back to the text, you can become dependent upon alcohol to numb your anxiety, even to the point where you numb your heart to Christ. Yeah. Um, that That's the most dangerous reality. And that's with any, that's with alcohol or any drug. Um, so, that that's, it is dangerous. Yeah. It is dangerous. I, 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 it's, if anything, if you're, if you are going to be a person that says, no, I can, I can drink alcohol, um, and I'm a Christian and I don't have any convictions against that. Um, and I do that in a moderate way and I'm not getting drunk. If you're one of those people, you should still be incredibly careful and at least not deny how dangerous it is, yeah. you know. I, I, to, like. I don't know. So, I did bring that up Sunday. We we are yep. not going to be, a teetotaling church. Um, can I say I'm not going to be a teetotaling pastor? Um, <laughs> but it is incredibly dangerous, and we should all, um, be careful. And some of us should never, should absolutely never drink. Or be around alcohol, um, just mm-hmm. can't, just can't handle it. And yeah, I mean, it's safe to say just because it doesn't condemn it doesn't mean that you have to partake in it. Yeah. Well, I, I read it was a, I can't remember where I read it, but it, it's I thought it was a good article. Whether people agree with me on this or not, um, that's a different story. But uh, the article mentioned you are you have freedom in Christ to drink. But you have freedom in Christ not to drink, and uh, for some of us, we really should choose the latter. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I'm not. We're not getting <laughs> caught up in that. It's dangerous because Jesus literally said it was dangerous. Yep. So you can at least at least agree on that. So, all right. Why do Christians seem to only be concerned? About other people's sin and not their own. Hmm. That one, that one hurt me. I I will say. I don't. Are you gonna bring up like when Jesus says, you know, watch mm-hmm. yourselves? Like, no. I, I have a very. I have one. A one well, liner here. I want you say. Go ahead. Say. I want to hear. What I, you're I, I said, or I think, why people do this was because it's easier. It's easier to point out somebody else's faults or somebody else's sin. Um. It's much harder to take a look at yourself in your own life, yeah. um, and and work on your own self. That's yeah. mine. I think it's just far easier for us to look at others. Yeah, and it makes you feel good. 
It you can. Know, I mean, when you when you constantly are looking at other people's sin, it makes you feel like yeah, I'm, oh, too. I'm doing better than everyone right. else. Um, yeah, yeah. That I was, I was in the middle of typing the message, and I thought, wait a second, <laughs> we all really struggle with this, you know. Jesus saying, "Be watch yourselves," mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, but more fun to watch other people you know especially with facebook i mean golly we were doing that last night we're like look look at these people look what they're doing with their Mm -hmm. life oh yeah it's a train wreck and then you just get caught up in everyone else's sin instead of your own and your own things that you're struggling with um so watch yourself what was you gonna say that's what i was gonna say okay Okay. That was that, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. It just made me feel guilty. So much easier to ignore your own sin by just pointing out someone yeah. else's. So, um, but like I mentioned Sunday, that doesn't mean you can't confront people in sin. It doesn't mean church right. discipline doesn't exist. All of those things are biblical. It's all about how you bring it where your heart's at. I know, <laughs> I know. But you know, people hear what they want to hear. So that's true. You know, some people might hear that and be like, well, you could never tell me like that I'm living in sin because you should be watching yourself. And I'm like, oh, thanks for taking that out of context. <laughs> All right. Uh, what should you do while you wait? I thought of you. I said, Chris is going to love this one. <laughs> Let her be. Always pray. Always pray. Always pray. Uh, for you, Jason, why do we tend to only pray for the temporary I think mine's going to be fairly simple. I think just thinking through that passage, thinking through that question, I think for so many of us, our version of Christianity is still temporary, but not eternal. Mm. It's still temporary. I mean, you look at these disciples, and their version of following Jesus was temporary, at least until... He came back from the dead, and they received the Holy Spirit. But all before then, they just were like, we gave up everything. Jesus better make our lives better here. And they fight over it, and Jesus is, keeps rebuking them, and they don't get it. And I think many of us still do the same thing. We're following Jesus so he can make our lives better. Yeah. It's just a temporary fix. And I I mean, you just watch people over and over and over. Um, it's like they're just, they want to be a part of Christianity because um, they, think, they think it will fix something in their life or make something in their life better or they'll be some magically blessed because they come to church and they follow Jesus. And it's just temporary mindset. Uh, so we want Christ to fix our situation, but not give us a new heart. That's really the, just mm. that constant mentality. So I'm trying to say we have that all backwards. We should be praying for the temporary. That's okay that we do that. Um, but our eyes should be so so set on eternity that our prayers become more eternal. And I... I said it Sunday, I'm saying it now, and I think maybe just let me give some practical examples. What, what would those prayers look like? Um, I, pray, I pray for my children that they would be safe at school, mm-hmm. they would be kind. You know, I pray that they, uh, especially 
in today's world, I just, you know, it's, it's difficult. You, but so the eternal prayer is, are you praying for your, your children to choose Christ? Mm. Like, are you just praying for them to behave? (laughs) Which I do want them to behave, (laughs) but it's like, unless they choose Jesus and Jesus changes their heart, Mm. we're going to, I mean, what's, I mean, so pray that your children actually choose Christ. Pray for your neighbor to understand the gospel. Pray that God helps you love your enemy. Uh, pray uh, to trust in the Lord over being a fearful person. Pray for your faith to be strengthened, which will lead to that last question. But these are the kinds of things that it's like, why isn't this filling church prayer list? Why? And it's because we only want Christ, God, to answer temporary prayers. And it's like, mm. yeah, pray for those things. But where's where, what's ever, I mean, where's the rest of it? You know, because walk through the Bible. What is Jesus praying for the the disciples? What is, I mean, what? How should we be praying? So, um, again, don't stop praying for the temporary. Don't don't like write down. I'm praying for my sick aunt on the prayer list and think like I shouldn't put that. Jason's gonna, you know think less of me no pray for those we i pray for them people should be aware of them um i'll i'll give a very practical example someone called the church yesterday and someone in the church um had had has covid and we're we don't hear that and be like well it's not eternal enough for us so no we love them we're going to pray for them these are good things to pray for but I'm just saying, from looking at Scripture, it just can't stop there. The greater prayer is, whether there's healing or not, I want to stay faithful. Which might ruin your answer to your question. But why do we need prayer? What are you saying? Well, you can rewind it. Okay. I want to hear your answer. Why do we need to pray for strength? Well, I overthought this question, okay, I think. Not- I don't have a long answer, okay. but I thought I needed one, but I don't think I do. Okay. This is what I put. I put we need to pray for strength because we can't do this under our own power. Yeah. I said we, when we pray for strength from the heart, we are acknowledging the true source of our strength, which is God. Yeah. It's wrong. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> that's a, probably a better... No, nah, that's, that's a way better answer than... I was thinking, so. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, when you put that in, even in the context of faith, like you have, being faithful, you don't have the power We can't to even do, do that. that, yeah. Yeah, um, so, oh, that's really good. See? Were you worried about that answer? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, no, I just felt like it should be longer. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. Um, why do we need, nope, I already did that one. Summary, Summary point, point. Don't be anxious. Trust in Christ Jesus. I, hopefully everyone like hears that within the context of everything else. And it's yeah. just like, oh, thanks. That fixed everything. You know, it's I didn't Captain think about obvious. that. You know, when, it's like when, uh, I don't know, Corey's just having a hard day. I'm like, well, you just don't have a hard day. Yeah. You know? Trust in Christ just Jesus. Trust in Come Jesus. 
and you know your day won't be hard anymore. Uh, please don't hear that. So. All right. Uh, let's see. You can. I'll read that verse in a minute. Oh, you're going to okay. Yeah. Um, so, question: How do we keep peace in our anxious hearts? Just you know, just don't be anxious. <laughs> just don't be anxious. <laughs> Um, so this is Isaiah 26, 3. Uh, we ended the series with this. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. All right. Long story long. Here it is. I was scrolling <laughs> through Instagram, um, where I do all my sermon prep. <sighs> kind of. Um, I really was. I was scrolling through Instagram. I saw the brief. Um, video from Landon McDonald. Probably don't know the name. Uh, he is James McDonald. Remember James mm-hmm. McDonald? It's James McDonald's son. Okay. So James was the pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago before it called, kind of imploded. Landon was the youth pastor when he was there. Oh. Um, so regardless, Landon was uh, sharing on this Instagram reel um, about someone telling him to memorize Isaiah 26, 3. So when he was anxious, he could remind himself of that truth. And this was several weeks ago. And I, I watched that and I was like, that's so, that's such a good timely reminder, even for me. And I saw that video and I emailed it to myself like a good millennial. Like, when you email yourself Instagram reels, I don't know what age demographic that puts me in, but that's what I did. Um, Because I knew we would end this study with that verse after I saw that. Um, So it's a good reminder. We can't keep perfect peace in our heart. We can numb. You can numb, distract, entertain your heart. Absolutely. But you're not going to offer your heart peace. So as we keep our mind on the Lord, um, and I would say that's, how do you keep your mind on the Lord? Well, I don't, read your Bible. That'd be helpful. Uh, how do you trust in the Lord? Well, trust in the Bible, the things that you've been reading. And then the Lord will keep us in perfect peace. It's just not your job. And it's, it's, it's a job that's impossible without the Lord. So keep your mind on the Lord. Trust in the Lord. The Lord will keep you in perfect peace. And the series is over. Boom. Anxiety, gone. Um, No more anxiety. No more anxiety, guys. Um, Come up with new excuses. Yep. Have to do a series next year on worry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, series is over. Let's just end. Because I, I mentioned at the very, very beginning, Chris and I are going to um, a Reds game with a few guys, and the Reds are playing the Pirates, mm-hmm. which is not the best team in Major League Baseball. But there's a very close tie, like kind of got to start winning here and keep winning for this last wild card spot that I don't think we're going to get. But we're, we're doing well. I'm, we're, I'm, yeah, I looked at I'm the standings have, today. I know, I'm, I don't... Gonna, I'm trying to be... Yeah. What do you think? Reds or Pirates? You got to pick one.
I don't know. I, Man, was that your body? Yeah. Your whole body. Chris shrugged <laughs> and his whole body snapped, snapped into the mic. Like 98 um, years old. Let's see. We took two games from... The Yankees took two games from the Pirates. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think I think y'all have a chance. I'll go with the Reds. All I'll right, the there Reds. it is. There it is. Home stadium. Yep. Night two. Least, are they playing on Thursday? Is this four game or three game? I don't mm. remember. I mean, I know they play Friday. Yeah. Because I got yeah, fireworks and stuff Friday night. And then, yep, Saturday and Sunday. Yep. yep. Well, I have the Reds. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> told Chris before we started, <laughs> my daughter, nine-year-old daughter, keeps saying duh to, to me and Corey, um, and I we, we might lose our minds if she keeps saying it. I don't. It's incredibly disrespectful. She means it with all the like disrespect her nine-year-old self can say it with. Duh. And I'm like, ugh, I'm about to cancel everything in your life. <laughs> So, I know. And you know what? We, like, even, I told you we had some issues last night with her. Mm. Even at the very end, she was like, duh. She goes, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't and do she this. she caught it? I get, I mean, am I supposed to show her grace there? Because mm. I'm about, I'm, I'm about to find her a new family. Did she? <laughs> to move in with me. And did I she catch it on her own or did you give her a look? I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. I just can't. I mean, and I I know if she caught it on her own, then she's she's trying. And we haven't even hit teenage years, and (sighs) man, she just she as patient as I feel like I am. Um, man, she she gets me. She gets those buttons. Yeah, and then I'm I'm actually I'm not proud of her sin, but I am kind of like impressed that. She can just get in your brain that quickly. It's like she Bro, knows. She talk knows. to me when she's a teenager. Oh man, I'm. You're going to lose your mind. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll pray. All right. Apparently, I need it. Um, God, thank you so much uh, for your word, for the chance to uh, gather around your word on Sundays to learn. Thank you for this. A study as a healthy reminder of the promises of your word um, and even as the prophet reminded us um, as Isaiah declared that that we would keep our our mind on you that we would trust in you God and that we would trust you to keep peace in our heart um, so God I pray that if that, that we memorize that uh, that we memorize uh, that verse and remind ourselves of that God help us Uh, When we feel just so incredibly anxious, God, give us endurance to run the race. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. That's it.